listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2023. Let's start with the Australian economy. It slowed more than expected. GDP expanding by half percent in the December quarter, annually 2.7%. For more, I spoke earlier with Alan Oster. He's the chief economist at NAB. It's still saying the economy's okay. Uh, if you look at the last 12 months or through December on December, it's 2.7%. Um, but there are some signs of it being slightly softer than we were expecting. I suppose the main area there is consumption. Yeah, let's go into that in more detail. How is the consumer tracking? Well, I think what you're seeing is in real terms, they are slowing in terms of goods. And so they're switching from buying uh, household goods, if you like, to going on holidays. So they're moving to services. Um now, the overall impact, though, was that it was a bit slower than even we thought. Um, so growth in the quarter was 0.3, and that's pretty low um, and not great other than, you know, if you think about COVID. But um, so it's it's slowing a bit. And also, even though it's slowing, the savings rates slowed to 4.5%, which is the lowest since 2017. So the the buffers, if you like, are sort of getting eaten eaten away by um, some spending. So where did the growth come from in the quarter? Well, basically we had a little bit out of consumption. Most of the growth was actually out of what's called net exports. So in other words, exports went up, imports went down, gained mainly services. um, And, you know, you had essentially uh, without, if you like, um, the net exports, you would have been slightly negative. But I think, you know, you want to be careful about where these various bits and pieces go. But generally, uh, a little bit of softness in business investment. Public sector growth was about 0.4 overall, and so that's not bad. And the private sector was flat to slightly negative. So given this um, rise in exports, you're saying that if that didn't happen, the economy would have contracted. Still, you don't necessarily sound overly concerned. The government also says that the Australian economy is growing faster than all of the advanced or or faster than most of the advanced economies, twice the growth of the OECD average. So how do we compare with the rest of the world? Oh, we compare really well. Um, You know, we've got lower levels of unemployment, Uh, even in these this data today, I mean, wages and prices were elevated, but not terrible. Um, and so, and unemployment's still really low. And we think it'll probably go a bit lower than the 3.7% uh, that we saw in uh, January. Um, so ultimately, I think Australian economy is doing well, but that doesn't mean that if you've got a combination of further increases in rates, which we see, and you've got a weak world, that's sort of gravity and it's going to slow us, particularly in the back end of this year. Okay. So just how, how, how much slower? Will, is there a threat that Australia will enter a recession? We don't have a recession in our forecast, but in the second half of this year when we think all these impacts are going to be hitting, we have the Australian economy essentially going sideways. Um, so, yes, there's a, ris- a, a risk of a recession, but that's not our forecast. Um, I still think it's, you know, you don't get a recession. It's probably a 55 to 45% chance. So it's not insignificant, but it's not our core forecast. And the government and the central bank uh, has 
stronger growth forecast than we do. Um, Finally, when mm. you combine this with today's um, CPI indicator, which showed an easing in consumer prices to 7.4% in January, what does this all then mean for the Reserve Bank and interest rates? Well, I still think that they're basically going to be putting rates up in the next couple of meetings. So we, we have them going to um, or 25 next week and then another 25 in May. And so we get to 4.1. So the inflation numbers, you want to be careful because it's the early part of the month or the quarter, and it's been pretty unreliable. So we're all getting really enthusiastic about inflation coming down last time, last month, but it didn't happen. Alan Oster there, the Chief Economist at NAB, and the Australian share market rose after the data came out, but some of those gains were paired back as the market closed. The S&P ASX 200 down by just 0.1%, 7,251. For more on the market reaction, I spoke earlier with Hebe Chen from IG Markets. Well, the share market and the currency market all having quite interesting Performance today, they're starting in the red, for, especially for share market. They can't bounce back quite strongly after midday of this, all this data has been released. But honestly, the today's GDP data is not that easy to digest, in my view. On the one side, on the positive side, yes, it's still grow. It's still showing that economy growth 2.7% year over year. But on the other side, it's the slowest pace in the past five quarters, and it's low than estimation. But what the market's performance, what the share market performance suggests to me is that the market participants are, is willing to taking a more positive view for that. And the other underlying reason is probably a slower economy could push the RBA to making pause the rate hiking or slower the rate hiking um, paces earlier than expected. And that's probably one of the reasons why we see the market kind of respond quite positively today. There was some positive data coming out of China, though. What did it show and what does it say about its recovery? Well, the positive news come from China is that China's manufacturing uh, sectors are showing quite a convincing rebound. So the PMI, which they measure the China's manufacturing activities, has been showing the biggest improved in the past decade. So why the market quite appreciate the data is because the reason one is that China's manufacturing sectors has been lagging behind consumption sectors and the other sectors, which kind of rebound quite immediately after reopening. But manufacturing sectors still stay quite flat in January. And the second reason why the market like the news is because it has more closely relation to the Australia's mining sectors, export sectors. And that's why we're seeing the material sectors, the energy sectors today in the Australian market is jumping up more than 2% today. Finally, we've come to the end of reporting season, thankfully. What did you see as the key trends? Well, in my view, I think I will summarise this past earnings season as the dividing line in the um, the top companies, meaning that some of the factors they kind of seeing, unfortunately, the tailwind for the past two years is dissipating. For example, the mining sector is a big typical example. But some of the other sectors are happy enough to find they entering into the next phase of the business. Contest is an example here. But overall, I think something in common is the first is the squeeze in margin. It's a typical common elements you can see from across all the earnings because of inflation, of course, and also the shrinking demands another factor. And the other thing in common is that I think most of the business and the leaders are not seeing the journey ahead for 2023 will be an easy one. 
Hebe Chen there from IG Markets. Let's now go to the property market because the median house price across Australia is now $702,136. That's a fall of 0.1% according to CoreLogic, but it's the slowest rate of decline since May. In fact, there are slower declines across the country in most of the major capitals and prices in Sydney actually rose in February by 0.3%. Is this the start of a trend or just a bit of a flash in the pan? For more, Rainer Botch spoke earlier with Tim Lawless. He is the Head of Research at CoreLogic. This isn't a new trend. It's something we've been seeing since September where the rate of decline has been consistently easing But February was much starker. We saw the rate of decline move from about a 1% drop in January down to a 0.1% fall in February. So essentially a flat outcome for the month. A big part of this flattening out has been driven by Sydney, where we actually saw values rise by 0.3% over the month. That's the first time we've seen Sydney values post a monthly rise since uh, January of 2022 when the market peaked. So I think there's a few reasons behind this. It it probably mostly comes back to simply the fact that there isn't very much advertised supply available across uh, the country. Listing numbers are about 26% below the five-year average nationally. At the same time, there's been obviously a dent to demand. Demand is down about uh, 12% according to the the, the three months to February um, and benchmarked against the five-year average down about 12%. So there's been a much bigger fall in available supply than what there has been in demand. And I think that's probably been the the biggest factor driving this loss of momentum in the decline. So is it likely that this trend will continue? I think we probably will see uh, a reacceleration in the rate of decline. Uh, If you look at the downside risk to housing markets, Clearly, interest rates are set to move higher, probably by at least 50 basis points, if not more than that. We're also seeing consumer sentiment uh, is is still very low and and potentially set to to move even lower as we see both interest rates rising as well as uh, unemployment markets starting to loosen up a little bit as well. We know that sentiment and housing market activity are really highly correlated. So, If we do see sentiment falling further, then chances are demand will fall even further from here. Tim, you've used the analogy before that we're in the eye of the storm. Can you explain this? So what we mean by this is simply that we've seen uh, the, the housing decline has been moderating and now it's flattened out. But similar to, I suppose, an eye of the storm or the eye of the, the cyclone, we're probably coming into the other side now where the downside risk from higher interest rates, lower sentiments, the refinancing cliff, uh, which uh, is ahead of us as well, all probably going to be weighing on housing prices for some time yet. There's also a good argument that this really aggressive rate hiking cycle uh, we've seen since May last year hasn't fully worked its way through the system yet or through uh, the the household sector just yet. So uh, um, as we start to see that lagging effect really catching up with the housing market, potentially there's some additional downwards pressure from that. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. 
It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.